is an Odyssey original. This is the War in Ukraine Daily. I'm Charles Feldman. And I'm Mike Simpson from the KNX Odyssey Studios in Los Angeles. Today, signs Russia's major offensive has begun in eastern Ukraine. How much more violence will this war get? We speak to a doctor in western Ukraine who says air raid sirens are becoming more and more common. We start with what's happening on the ground and in the air in Ukraine. Russia gearing up for this offensive in the east. It doesn't mean the west is safe. At least seven have been killed in a number of missile strikes in the city of Lviv, close to the country's west. Western border. That's where we find journalist Phil Itner. Phil, earlier in the war, things were pretty quiet there in Lviv. Uh, not the case now. Yeah, uh, the Russians launched a series of attacks around the country today, and at least five missiles were targeted at uh, this town, which has pretty much gone unscathed. We've, we've had a couple of incidents, but nothing significant. Um, air raid sirens are a pretty much daily occurrence, but now they're happening uh, several times a day. The morning was uh, uh, pretty uh, chaotic after those hits came in. Um, they were circled around the train station. Uh, whether or not that was their objective or not, we don't know for sure. But they hit a number of uh, buildings that kind of ring the uh, train station. And, of course, the train station here in Lviv is a hub for uh, people either escaping or some people actually returning, uh, that's in dispute whether that's a good idea or not. But uh, regardless, the train station is a civilian facility. Um, The Russians have said that they were actually trying to hit uh, either the supply lines for military goods coming from the West or that there was an an armored uh, facility for repairing tanks. Uh, I have been to that train station, and I find both of those accusations or those claims to be pretty spurious. Um, If there were indeed uh, an armor uh, repair shop or tank repair shop, uh, that would be pretty hard to hide in the middle of Lviv. And as far as uh, materiel coming from NATO uh, member states uh, through Lviv, uh, uh, that also would be pretty obvious to see. The authorities here in the city held a press conference following the attacks, and they said actually they have purposefully moved the supply trains away from the city to avoid just this kind of thing from happening. Talk to us about what we know that's going on in in Mariupol. There is an unknown number of defenders still there, right, trying to to hang on, and the Russians making another push because they really want that area. They do really want that area. I mean, they they have uh, reduced their strategic aims clearly from a number of different possibilities, including trying to take the capital and decapitating the government. And now it does seem as though they are fixated on uh, controlling the the breakaway regions in the far east, Donbass and Lugansk, but also trying to drive down the southern coast so that they can link up with uh, Crimea, the peninsula that they held a, a, a referendum at gunpoint basically in 2014, and which is also the home of their Black Sea fleet. Um, the uh, the town of Mariupol has been besieged for weeks now, and the fighting has been really intense and brutal. But the town, uh, the, the image, images coming out of that town just show absolute desolation. Um, there was apparently uh, a force of Ukrainian fighters that were able to break through and uh, resupply and um, and provide uh, uh, additional troops, reinforcements into Mariupol. But by and large, it's been cut off. 
uh, from the rest of the country. There are no doubt going to be stories coming out of there when eventually uh, the fighting does stop. Uh, who controls it in the end might uh, determine what kind of stories come out of there. Phil, let me, but, let me, let, let uh, me ask you something. The fighting uh, is ongoing. Right. Let me ask you, though, uh, trying to, to figure out what's going to happen likely in the not-too-distant future. I mean, up to this point... For the Russians, it has essentially been urban warfare, right, which is one of the reasons why they haven't succeeded in taking cities like like uh, Kiev. But as I understand it, uh, the eastern part of Ukraine is much more flatland, right? And so doesn't the advantage then go to the Russians? Uh, yeah. It, well, there's a couple of things about the east of the country. There's a lot more flatland and there's a lot more industrial area. So you've got factory t- towns, but they're isolated. They're like uh, they're, they're towns built around factories, and there aren't uh, enormous suburbs and outlying villages and things like that. So there are areas where, if you wanted to, you could isolate them, um, cut them off, and then keep maneuvering uh, because of all that flatland and these these kind of pinprick cities that exist out there. So. Um, the war, uh, according to Volodymyr Zelensky, uh, the president of Ukraine, uh, the war for the Donbass has begun. Uh, there has been a, an artillery assault already we have seen today, and we do know that there's armor uh, massed out there. This is really uh, Russia's last primary subject, uh, uh, strategic objective uh, that they possibly could obtain, and so they're going to go all out for it. Phil Itner there, journalist with us from Lviv, Ukraine. Phil, thank you. Stay safe. Coming right up after a short break, we reconnect with a doctor working at a hospital in western Ukraine. As we've covered, things are getting more dangerous for people living and working in western Ukraine even as Russia repositions its troops for an offensive in the east. Last time we spoke to Dr. Roman Fischuk, who works at a hospital in the western area of Ukraine, things were pretty quiet, uh, but they're worse now. Doctor, what are you seeing where you work? As you mentioned, it, it did get worse since the last time we talked, and actually the missiles that hit Lviv today, they were actually targeting Ivano-Frankivsk, the place where I work, but people from the uh, who, who are at the checkpoints this morning, they uh, they saw that these cruise missiles changed their direction uh, while they were on the way. And then they targeted Lviv and hit a few targets there. And unfortunately, people died. Uh, I think seven people died and uh, more than 10 people were injured, including a, a little boy from Kharkiv who moved there with his mother from Kharkiv. So now we get air raid sirens more and more. And... Uh, it like it, it spreads very quickly. So you know, whenever we hear it, it it covers the whole Western Ukraine, and uh, unfortunately, we can be targeted from Belarus, from uh, the Crimea, from the Black Sea, uh, and you know, this is uh, so there is no safe place in Ukraine right now, and there hasn't been any safe place since the beginning of this war because we can be reached from pretty much any point, and every part of Ukraine can be targeted. How many times a day are those sirens going, and, and what is that like to, to live under all this time? Uh, it, it depends, but uh, in the in the recent weeks, the, we've we started having more and more, and sometimes we can hear like up to five a day, seven a day. Even this morning, we had uh, two. I think the, the first one started at, uh, I think, 5.30 a.m., 
then it finished and then in like in 15 minutes the the other one started and during that one Lviv was start was hit and in the evening we had another one so uh yeah uh, speak speak to us about medical care where you are in the hospital um how do you prepare for maybe you can't prepare frankly for this sort of thing and as a physician yourself what's your your main concern well uh, our hospital has been providing care to wounded people uh, for a few weeks now we cannot disclose how many people were treated and you know this is closed information but people who were injured in the in, in central ukraine in eastern ukraine they are being transferred to other hospitals where it is a bit more safer so our hospital has been providing care to wounded people for a few weeks now and uh, the anticipation is that even more help will be needed from 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 the from the hospitals like ours and uh, you know in terms of being prepared it's uh, it's not something you deal with on a daily basis right you know the shrapnel wounds uh, uh, bullet bullet wounds uh, and uh, similar uh, wounds that people get during the war uh, so uh, you know we just in in many cases you just need to adjust and to uh, get all your knowledge from from the past and uh, get experience from uh, other people who were active in uh, in conflicts in other parts of the world and uh, just uh, try to do your best what about supplies? I mean, do you have what you need in terms of supplies and, and medicines? We've heard so many stories about a lack of that getting through, at least some places. You guys are a big hospital, at least, so I would hope you're on the list for when shipments can reach places they need to go. Well, I think when, when you have an active war in the country, you're always short on all of the supplies. You know, we, we, we're constantly looking for uh, supplies of medications, of bandages, of even ambulances tra to transport patients. So it's always, uh, you know, you, we always look for the supplies because it's it's something that is used every second and you need to, to get resupply of it. And it's not only about things that we use at the hospital, the same things. And that's what our president has been asking for is resupply of the of the ammunition of the military equipment, because this is something if if we if the if the world wants us to win. And we want to win that we need to have much more uh, equipment and gear and weapon to, to work with. Because you know that, and it's obvious that Russia outnumbers Ukraine in terms of uh, number of soldiers, in terms of number of, uh, of uh, fighter jets, tanks, and other military equipment. So Ukraine needs that equipment to uh, be able to fight and to defend its, its territories and its uh, citizens. I'm curious, doctor, because uh, you, like the rest of the world, are, are still dealing with an ongoing pandemic of uh, the coronavirus. Now, on top of that, of course, you've got uh, a brutal war that the Russians are waging against your country. How are you able to deal with both of those in terms of medical issues? Well, it all comes to priority, priorities, right? Uh, you know, COVID may kill you, but, you know, uh, uh, the war will, you know, can definitely kill you. So patients with COVID with se severe cases are admitted to the hospital and are provided care at the hospital. But patients who have moderate, mild COVID 
we try to uh, you know to to do all we can so they can get proper treatment at home or by their family physicians uh, so they don't they are not admitted to the hospital but of course if the patient needs uh, oxygen or infusions then they are admitted to the hospital but again uh, we do have a reserve of hospital beds for uh, for people who get wounded how are you doing i mean how are you holding up personally through all these weeks uh i mean to be honest it's inside uh, and my wife and i we've been discussing this just a few days ago i mean i feel really broken inside it's it's really difficult uh, i mean we try to do to 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 stay positive and to look for positive things to move on and but again seeing what's happening in to the people in in ukraine and it's just uh, you know it's very it's difficult yeah when you say There's, when you say broken Physically, mentally, and spirit. I mean, what what's your your sort of mental state right now, as well as physical? I suppose. I mean, physically, we just move on. You know, we get some sleep, we do the work we 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 want we, we do, and try to do as effective as possible in in many ways. Not only in the main work we do, but helping money wise, helping as as volunteers, transportation, consulting via different means, uh, people, you know, refugees who went to other countries or internally displaced people, but it just mentally and emotionally, it's, it's really hard. And uh, I, I would say that, I mean, we're not broken. We're, we are determined to win the war, but it emotionally, it's really, you know, to, to witness what's, what is happening to, uh, to, to Ukrainian, to, to children in Ukraine, to women, to the elderly, to all these, you know, to all the victims of this war, and you know it's 2022 outside, and it's just uh, it's difficult to to comprehend that this is actually happening in 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 a in a country that is located in 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 the center of Europe geographically at least. It's just you know in most cases when I talk to people, it just we don't have the words to exp to to describe this. What's happening here right now? Doctor, thank you so much for for coming back and speaking with us again. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for support. And again, I, I really would like to express the gratitude to all the people who are supporting Ukraine with all with everything, with words, with supplies, with humanitarian aid, just by hosting Ukrainians outside. It just it is really appreciated. So without you, without your support, it, you know, we would not be able to stand this strong. So thank you very much as well. Stay safe, doctor. Dr. Roman Fischuk there works at a hospital in uh, western Ukraine. Ukraine is now one step closer to joining the European Union, something that's been a source of tension with Russia for years. President Zelensky says he's finished a questionnaire, which represents a first step in Ukraine becoming what's called a candidate country to join the EU. Zelensky hopes this will happen in a matter of weeks and says it would be historic for the Ukrainian people because of what he says is the price they paid on the path to independence and democracy. This is an Odyssey original. Find us and others on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.